Hello. 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 The Classic Guitar Rock Podcast starts right now. to coast from border to border from one end to the other and all points in between the classic guitar rock podcast is on yes that's awesome we crank up and break down the great guitar driven rock of the 70s and 80s and you are invited to come along we got a full tank of gas half a pack of cigarettes it's dark and we're wearing sunglasses hit it and now your hosts jeremy and Jeff. One half teaspoon for fast, effective relief. It's time for the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the maiden voyage of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. I'm Jeremy here with my partner, Jeff, and we are excited to have you along as we as we kick this off today. And we're just a couple of guys that like classic rock like you i'm assuming that's why you're here and so i think you'll enjoy what we have to offer and and i think you'll find us a little different than some of the other uh, classic rock podcasts that you've maybe heard there's some great ones out there i think we will have a, a lot of fun here and we're looking forward to it you can email us and we encourage you to email us our email address is classic guitar rock at mail.com classic guitar rock at mail.com if it's hate mail, direct that directly to Jeff. Okay. All right. You good with that, Jeff? <laughs> I'm good with that. I've got, I've got my skills to filter right. those out. <laughs> All right. So we're going to jump right in. This is our, our, our first episode, and I thought it would be appropriate for us to get to know each other a little bit. So, Jeff, I'm going to throw it over to you. Jeff is manning our Rocky Mountain Command Center, and we'll throw it over to you, Jeff, and, and just kind of introduce you to us give us a little of your background and and that sort of sure thing. yeah well thank you jeremy i was so excited when i saw your post you know on youtube saying you you right. you wanted a part-time co-host which was just like oh perfect you know perfect. especially in these times where i'm home more often or i'll home a little bit more so like what a better time perfect and yeah i'm in uh, boulder colorado originally from connecticut uh went to college in boston Needed to get out of the city, moved west. It was either California or Colorado. Go in west, Colorado. Yes. I went west. Yeah. And uh, it was such a great move for me. I just love it here. One of the main things is the music scene. Mm -hmm. Maybe a lot of listeners know they've been here or passed through Colorado. Awesome music scene. Like just the quality of the players, the kind of bands that come through, the festivals every summer. So I got, you know, really into like from bluegrass to jazz now back to kind of like, I'm, I'm a classic rock guy at heart, you know? So yeah, I played, um, I played in a band in high school. Of course, my goal back then was to be a rock star and (laughs) to get girls absolutely, and and to be, to be cool. That was like, you know, when you're 14, 15, 16 years old, totally. Um, we were kind of into metal hair bands, funny enough. Because that was what was on MTV. Mm-hmm. You know, MTV was, that was, 
you know, I want my MTV, Billy Idol. Mm-hmm. And that was what we were exposed to uh, visually, right? But this band, this, this guy who was the main guitar player, wanted a three kind of guitar band. Wow. Kind of Skinner-ish. Yeah. And we were like, well, okay, we'll try it. So that's when I got exposed to probably like Joe Walsh and mm-hmm. old Aerosmith. Uh, and that was, that was kind of like, you know, the start of, I think, the classic rock kind of uh, thing for me. And then now, you know, I'm, I've got two kids. I have a wife. And uh, before COVID, was in, a, was in another classic rock band, right. which is just, is just like my saving grace, you know, to go play and practice once a week with those guys and play out was, is just, is my, my religion, I would say, yeah. for sure. That's awesome. And, and professionally speaking, you have a background in like audio production and that sort of thing. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I decided to go back to school in my 30s um, for audio post-production, which is sort of like sound editing, sound design for film, mm-hmm. if you guys don't exactly know that term. But also, obviously, music is part of that a little bit. Right. So I went to the Vancouver Film School, which was kind of a wild experience wow. to go to Canada and just be exposed to a whole different, not a whole different, but a slightly different culture. Right. Right. And uh, then went to LA and tried to break into that business. Got a few internships, started doing some side projects with some student films mm-hmm. and uh, Pro Tools editing mostly, a lot of like recording sounds and, and, and mangling them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that obviously gave me skills to like edit my own music and learn how to do my own kind of like production. But then, you know, got pregnant. Yeah. Had to get a different kind of job totally, and sort of like put that on the back burner a little bit. Yeah. Here we are back. Now I'm actually trying to get more into video. So I'll do a little more video editing combined with still doing some music stuff. So, you know. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, as you were sharing your story, the, the parallels are eerily similar to mine, you know, kind of the same type of thing. I actually grew up, I was an army brat and uh, graduated from high school in Lawton, Oklahoma. So I was an Oklahoma kid. Oh. And same thing, played in, in bands, metalhead, really into Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and all of that. Same type of deal. Yeah. And and I had a similar situation. I, I played with my, my buddies in the high school and we were kind of, like you said, wanted to play the, the popular hair metal stuff, that sort of thing. But my friend Jerry, who was our drummer, he had a friend that was older. Uh, you know, probably four or five years older. And, and I, and I started going over and playing with this guy, Bill, and that opened a lot of things up, just like you said. So then all of a sudden we're learning Dire Straits songs and Marshall Tucker songs Mm -hmm. and, and uh, Steve Miller songs. And so it kind of expanded away from just the MTV metalhead stuff and and broadened it out a little bit. And, and so, uh, and I've been hooked since then. I, uh, when I was, Right after I graduated high school, I actually got a job at a radio station and I worked, wound up working in radio for about 10 years and classic rock format, country format, top 40 format, you name it, kind of, kind of did all of those things and exact same thing, you know, got married, have kids. I have you beat. I have seven kids. Wow. I know seven kids. Yeah. My youngest is 12 and my oldest just turned 26. So ridiculous, right? But same thing. I got to a point where I had to grow Ooh, how, how. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to grow up, support my family, and left radio 
and have, you know, been doing other things. Right now I work for a, a company that runs uh, contact centers all over the world. I'm a training manager there, but like you, never have I lost my passion for classic rock. And, and the wonderful thing about the time we live in now, the, the internet, this information superhighway, right, is, is we can do things like this now. Yeah. And you can go out and find music. Remember when you were a kid, if you wanted to hear a song, you had to find it at the record store. And if it wasn't at the record store, you're just out of luck. Right. <laughs> and now, now we live in a time you can just go to Spotify or YouTube or anywhere. Oh, it's hear, crazy. Hear any song you want to hear. It's English. almost overwhelming in a way. Speaking of MTV, you, you probably also remember this, mm-hmm. uh, f- discovering new music mm-hmm. back then. Friday night videos. Totally. Is that what it was called? Friday night so videos. Pre MTV. Yep. Yeah. Again, that was another exposure, like yep. 11 o'clock at night, you know, probably should have been sleeping. <laughs> and you, yeah, totally. And there were a few during that time. Do you remember night flight on the USA network? I don't. So not yet. Yeah, night flight was a similar show to the Friday night videos. And you'd see, you know, I can remember seeing, I remember seeing this vid, this, uh, interview of Ozzy Osbourne. So this is 1982-ish. 80, this is right after the infamous where he shaved his head for the, for the Texas jam in summer of 82. And so yeah. he's, there's this interview of Ozzy where he's got like a crew cut and it's like, oh, that's weird. Cause I just seen him earlier that year and he had all his hair, you know, in, in the June of 82. So anyways, a lot of great memories from that. And, and we'll make sure we talk about a lot of that stuff in this podcast. I wanted to just to get your thoughts on this, Jeff, we call this, I call it classic guitar rock, right? Because we're focusing on the guitar driven classic rock, right? Mm -hmm. But I'd love to hear your definition of classic rock. What is, what's your parameters? Because we all have them. We all have things we consider a classic rock. What's your definition of classic rock? You asked that question in in an email and I was thinking about it. And of course I have a list of bands right in my head Great. but I, I in thinking about it classic rock to me also conjures up some kind of nostalgic thing mm. and it comes with a an attitude comes with um, a rebellious kind of thing and for me classic rock it introduced in the sixth grade to me okay. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time that's kind of what it was but it was ACDC and his Aerosmith Right. And it was the kid walking around the playground with a cassette recorder, <laughs> cassette player with the handle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and at that time, like I said before, you know, we wanted to be cool. We wanted to kind of like, you were, you're in sixth grade. You don't know, you're kind of growing up and you're insecure. And we, I heard this music and I was just instantly drawn, you know. And so uh, it's funny enough, you're wearing that t-shirt because my first album I ever bought was Pyromania. Nice. Def Leppard. So, you know, to me, it, it, classic rock is not just, oh, it released in the late 60s to like late 70s, right? It, it's more than that. It's, it's an attitude. It's, it's a vibe. It's uh, hanging with your buds and just like having a good time. Yeah. And, and I like your definition because, you know, I was thinking a more finite, you know, it's, it's 67 to 88 or whatever. In my mind, that's if I was had to make a, a, a timeline. But, but I really like what you're saying because to that point, there's new music coming out, even though it's new, because it has those elements you talk about, I still think of it as classic rock. Yeah. 
ACDC has a new album out. Well, right. that's still classic rock, even though it's brand new, right? So yeah, yeah. I, I like, I think I like your definition better. Now, I do have to say, you were a much cooler kid than I was because you know what the very first album I bought with my money is? No. It was the village people. <laughs> now, fortunately, uh. <laughs> I, had a, I, I had an older brother who liked sticks and kiss. And when I, and we shared a room and one of the, the village people album I bought came with a big fold out poster. And I come home and I put that poster up on the wall and he walks in and he's like, get that crap off the wall. You know? So fortunately, you know, I, that was a short lived period in my life. And just like you, it was, I was a little older, probably in seventh grade, start hearing uh, Van Halen, start hearing ACDC. Yep. And, and then like you, I was like, okay, this is, this is cooler stuff. And then my brother was ob obviously a lot. He, he was a cheapskate. He never bought any records, any records we had, I bought and he'd listen to him. So <laughs> he was, I joined the Columbia record club, right? Where you got oh, yeah. records for a penny or whatever. And yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And, and he was cool with that. Cause then when I was buying good stuff, he, he liked that. But yeah, when, when I was, the village people he didn't like that stuff but my my definition of classic rock you know if i if i was going to be super technical you know i would say it it, it kind of goes up through the the late 80s and i get in arguments with my friends who 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 will throw grunge bands into that classic rock the classic rock station here in town i live in spokane washington the classic rock station here they will play pearl jam and nirvana and i remember when they started playing that i didn't like it not that I have anything against that. Yep. I mean, I wasn't a huge grunge fan. I was working in radio still when grunge kind of came out. But to me, it just wasn't classic rock. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do want to say, you know, there's a part B, C, D to, to, that, to this question for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a little, bit dig, a little bit deeper. Guitars. Yeah. Kind of like Marshall Stack. Yep. You know, 100 watt Marshall, just Gibson, Les Paul kind of yeah. fenders okay. too, of course, but, and that kind of sound, right? Yep. That kind of crunchy, crunchy. distorted, but not heavy metal, right? And, and not so like that, totally compressed. And that's this, uh, that's a super good point because the, the stuff that started coming out in the nineties and stuff where, yeah, the guitar tones were just super, super, distorted and over the top and yeah. and we lost melody and harmony in a lot of that music so i mean i love uh, def leopard's a good example sticks is a good example thin lizzie you know they they had the great guitars but they still had good vocals there were harmonies yeah. there were you know so there's still some melodic rock is what a lot of people will call it so so yeah, yeah i mean i think and that's where it lost me with some of this thrash and really super heavy cookie monster vocal type stuff where that kind of lost me. <laughs> and I'm not, that's I'm awesome. Not, I'm not dissing all of that. Cause I know there's some good stuff there. Sure. Sure. I was, I was and this is blasphemous. This might turn people off right away. I was never a huge Metallica fan. I just never, never was. I mean, I appreciate them. They're a huge band, their talent, but, but musically speaking, they never just, I, I don't yeah. know, never grabbed me. Where, where I could do Iron Maiden all day, thought Iron Maiden was awesome. The the vocals, the you know, I loved all that stuff. 
it was great. Steve, Steve Harris on the bass, you know, oh. putting up his foot on a monitor. Oh, oh. stripey pants. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, Bruce Dickinson's a, uh, uh, what is the word? He play, he does the fencing thing, right? Yeah, he's a fencer and fencer. A commercial pilot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. So, and well, I'm sure we'll talk about Iron Maiden. They're one of my, they're one of my, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Absolutely. So, Jeff had a great idea for this maiden voyage, and and so I'm going to put you on the. You notice I make you answer all the questions first, Jeff. Then I can. You know, it's it's actually nice. I want to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Thank. It's we're recording this on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, so happy Thanksgiving. Yes, indeed. Happy Thanksgiving. And Jeff had a great idea. He said, let's talk about bands we're thankful for. <laughs> now, how is that? Is that different than our favorite bands? For me, I think so, because okay. I'm thinking of the bands that got me into to, to rock. Okay, good. So, I like that. I like yeah. That. And I mentioned ACDC and Aerosmith. Okay. Dirty Deeds and Toys in the Attic. Dirty just Deeds unbelievable. was the first ACDC album. Yep. yep. So I have to thank them. Uh, Rush as well. Now, some people think would say they're prog rock, but really the Rush, I guess I was first like Tom Sawyer and such yeah. a great album. It's kind of, you know, uh, Black Sabbath. My brother had an eight track and he was always cranking Black Sabbath. <laughs> an eight track in the car also, which is kind of wild. Yeah. You'd be um, right in the middle of a song, just jamming, then it fades out. Yeah. <laughs> Click, fades up again on the other side. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yes. But now playing guitar, right, or more in, in, in this uh, world of what I'm doing, um, I just, you know, ZZ Top, Zeppelin, mm-hmm. um, Joe Walsh is just kind of like a hero of mine. Love him. Allman Brothers, Grateful Dead, Jerry, you know. I wouldn't go far as saying all classic rock, but the Grateful Dead and Jerry Garcia, you know, he introduced me to a lot of different styles of music. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Stones, of course, yeah. Tom Petty, yep. Clapton, Cream, that was the Blues Breakers, you know, the, the Beano album. Unbelievable. It's, yeah. So that's great. I'm thankful for all that. It's Yourself? Great. You know, mine is very similar to yours, and and these these will be things we can debate and discuss moving on. And 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 I don't say this in a disparaging way, but you mentioned a few bands that I wouldn't say I'm thankful for. Not that not that I don't like them, but but they were just not part of my. For instance, the Grateful Dead. Okay, now mm-hmm. I appreciate Jerry Jerry Garcia, and I have the same birthday, so you know. Hey. So I and and I have listened from a pedestrian level i've never gotten deep in in the grateful dead aerosmith is another band again they've got some phenomenal songs i own probably four of their albums but but i wouldn't say they're one of the big ones but many of the ones you mentioned absolutely are rush maybe my my number one yeah Mm -hmm. rush was huge that really yeah, and, and we could do a whole episode on Rush, so we'll save some of this. But Rush, big one. Van Halen was a big one for me. Uh, ACDC was ZZ Top. Okay, I loved ZZ Top. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the old, the original, the first album and the older first albums. first album and the third album, Trace Ombres. Trace Ombres. Is one of the, it may be in my top three 
great albums of all time. I mean, I love it. And I love yeah. the first album. Uh, Rio Grande Mud is a great album. Number one and number three, probably my favorite ZZ Top albums. And Eliminator was a great album. That was a, a, a from our high school days. Sure. That was a big, that was a big sonic leap. And, and that was a big album, you know? Um, so yeah, they were, they were one of my big ones. You know, one that is, has been a huge running through my entire time that I have been into was is cheap trick. I've seen oh. cheap trick more than any other band. Wow. Um, I've probably seen them 10 or 12 times and they're just, and they're still at it. Okay. They're still making good music today. They're, they're one of those bands that, that I'm thankful for. You know, I, I, I think they were really influenced influential for me and, and I really liked them and influential for a lot of other bands too. So I think cheap trick is, is a yeah, interesting. Interesting. Now you mentioned something also, it wasn't a band, but something else that you said you're thankful for. So I want you to share that too. Oh yes. Jim Marshall. Yeah. Jim Marshall was not a guitar player. He was a drummer. Right. It's indeed. Indeed. And uh, yeah, you know, we, if the history, you know, Leo Fender created some amplifiers, as we know, the basemen, you know, so Jim Marshall was asked by, you know, Pete Townsend, Clapton, Jimi Hendrix, probably we needed a more powerful amp that could soar over the crowd. Right. Right. So we can hear the music. So the crowd can hear the music, not just the audience. Mm-hmm. So he created this Marshall JTM 45 right, with his son and kind of the rest is history. Right. Change, just change history. Totally. Yeah. Think, totally. Of, think of the music we wouldn't have <laughs> without Jim Marshall. Yeah, absolutely. The, right. the hundred watt stack. And I learned, Pete Townsend actually wanted uh, an eight by 12 cab. <laughs> and so they made him one yep. <laughs> and I think his roadies probably quit. And so they, they gave him two, four by 12s. They cut it in half. Yeah. Yeah. Fit in anywhere. Yeah. And that's I mean, awesome. probably weighed like, you know, 300 pounds or something. I, I remember, this is so funny. I probably, my junior year in high school, a friend of mine took me to this house you know, in hindsight, probably not a place I should have been, but it was a house where <laughs> some older friends of his who had a band lived. And it was like, you know, when you hear stories about Guns N' Roses sleeping in the, on the floor in a flat, so, you know, this is probably what it was like, right? Here's mm-hmm. a bunch of these guys and they're all hung over and out of it. And this guy had a, this was my first time seeing a Marshall stack. And I can remember, and this is a house in a neighborhood, and he played it so loud. I, I honestly was afraid. You know, I thought something was going to explode or something. I mean, there was so, I mean, just the noise before he even started playing. It was so loud, and it hurt my gut when he played because it yep. was – and the power was unbelievable. And it's, it's pretty it, unbelievable. Yeah. Everybody should experience it, even oh, if you're not a guitar player. I mean, the, and, hair, the hair on my arm was like moving. I mean, he yeah. was playing so loud. And it, was, and it wasn't just hearing. It was you felt it. And it was like, holy cow. You know? Yeah, I think it could move your, you know, your pants. It could, yeah, it could brush it by. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Wow. So, yeah, that's awesome. I love, I love that. Uh, I love how that happened. You know, yeah. a necessity, so, really. Yeah, for sure. And, and a desire to be and, louder. And 
that's the sound, right? That's the sound. And I always think of uh, Thin Lizzy, right? Or, or uh, you know, Judas Priest, right? That, that crunch, not super, super distorted, like with a pedal, but just that crunch, loud crunch of that sound. You know, that's, that's classic rock, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. So let me ask you this question. We're both guitar players. Uh, you know, we're what I call weekend warriors, right? You know, we, we, we play gigs when we can pre COVID we played more than we do now, but as a guitar player, does that color the way you listen to music? Absolutely. Okay. How, how so? Well, I guess the tone, I'm always listening kind of for the tone. Mm-hmm. And then of course I'm listening to, you know, what lick is he or she playing? You know, right? play that? Like, what That's, is that? You know? Yeah. That's what I think. Could I play that? Could I figure yeah. that out? That's exactly yeah. the way I listen to. It's an inch, and and that's a good thing and a bad thing because mm-hmm. it it almost there's some music that's so above me that I'm almost like I don't want to listen to it because I'm like it. I just don't. I, I don't like above you. You mean like skill or something? Skill wise, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally yeah. skill wise, and and not just yeah. That's it. It's mostly that skill wise. There's someone that's so. Eric Johnson was this way for me for a long time is I love mm. him. I, I think he's awesome, but it would frustrate me listening to him. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm like, that's not accessible to me. You know, I'd hear an ACDC song or a Judas priest song and I'd go, I could learn that, you know, that's, and I did, you know, I sat down and learned how to play the whole British steel album. Right. Nice. Uh, and that's not a slam against them that it was easier to play. It's just, it resonated more with me because I felt like I could play that where some of this virtuoso type stuff, I'm like, yeah, I still love it. I still love it, but it, it, it kind of seemed put it out of, I think that's probably how it started. Yeah. When we were kids, right? Oh yeah, totally. Like, you know, when when you heard something, if it resonated with you, if it gave you a feeling or a vibe or an attitude, Mm -hmm. you know, you, then you thought, Oh, I want to do that, whatever it is, you know? So I guess I'll get a guitar. And then you're like, okay, power chords. Yeah, I could do power chords. And then you start putting, putting it together. And-, and if you look at the history, you know, I'm just, I just thought of this just now. There, there are two bands that in my mind, if you, if you read the guys that, that were our idols, okay, that we look forward to, at least those 70s guys, they will all tell you seeing the Beatles mm. made them want to pick up the guitar. And then guys a little later, the next generation, a lot of them will say Kiss was who made them pick up the guitar. You know, it's interesting because Kiss is one of those love-hate bands. I appreciate them for the the cultural impact, the the icons that they are. Musically speaking, that ain't rocket science, right? <laughs> they weren't they weren't the best musicians, right? But they but they were rock and roll, you know, and I think from that standpoint, they influenced so many people and encourage so many people to just pick up the guitar and play who then took the guitar to a much further than kiss probably ever did, but it yeah. was kiss that got them started. Right. And so, yeah, they were, you know, they were about the show totally, right? yep. and having fun again, a component of rock and roll to me having yeah. a good time. Totally. Yeah. And that's, you know what, that's maybe the biggest component, right? Because, um, there is music that technically is more vir- virtuosic, virtuistic. I don't know what the word is, more virtuoso-like. There's mm-hmm. definitely more technically advanced 
music, but man, there's nothing better than Angus Young. You know, there is nothing better than ACDC to that point. Is it, yeah. it's the feeling, it's the fun. It's just, you know, yeah, I could go listen to Steve Vai and Steve Vai is great, but, but I'd rather listen to ACDC. You know? Yeah. It's that the hook. There's a yeah. fun hook. Well, Jeff, this, this has been great. And I just want to give folks an idea of what we'll, we'll talk about moving forward. We got all kinds of ideas planned for upcoming shows. And by the way, feel free to send us any recommendations or suggestions, classic guitar rock at mail.com. You can email us and we will definitely entertain any suggestions or, or ideas you might have for next episode we're going to talk about the classic rock family tree and specifically two bands that have links and tendrils and tentacles shooting out throughout classic rock them. You probably already know who those two bands will be, but I'm not going to say, okay. Ah, yes. we'll, leave that, we'll leave that for next week, but we're going to talk about the classic rock family tree. And I think that'll be a, a, a fun discussion. We'll also have some headlines, some updates each time as we, as we get together. The plan right now is we'll do this bi-weekly. So every two weeks and, uh, and that may change, but for now that's, that's kind of what we'll be doing. That sounds great. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Jeff, it was great talking to you and we'd love to hear from, from any of you out there and please, as we get started here, any of you that have done a podcast, it's kind of a slow process as, as it kind of spreads out like a disease to the various uh, podcast platforms. <laughs> so uh, we'll be obviously available on Spotify right away, but in the coming weeks we'll be available on Google podcasts, iTunes, Amazon, those that just takes a few weeks till, till that happens. But please uh, share the podcast, subscribe. If you've got friends that you think might enjoy listening to it, please share it. And, and we would love to have them uh, join in on the conversation. And don't forget that email address, classicguitarrock at mail.com. Jeff, have a good one and we'll see you next time, bud. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate it, man. See ya. All right. Thanks for listening to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. You can email us at classicguitarrock at mail.com. We'll see you for the next episode of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. <laughs>